This is a companion podcast to my Fox Nation special, Riddle, The Search for James R. Hoffa. Be sure to go to foxnation.com to watch the whole show. And now, Riddle, the podcast. Hi, I'm Eric Sean, and welcome to Riddle, the podcast, my in-depth conversations with those involved in our Fox Nation special, Riddle, the search for James R. Hoffa, and my Fox News reporting. Thanks for listening. For the next uh, 45 minutes or so, you'll hear from Ralph Natale, the former mob boss of Philadelphia. Ralph is 83 years old now. He worked under the legendary Philadelphia crime boss, Angelo Bruno, the so-called docile Don. And he recounts how he knew Jimmy Hoffa very well, and he bluntly admits that he knew Hoffa was going to get killed. His biography, his last Don Standing, The Secret Life of Ralph Natale. But first, let me get you quickly up to speed. Jimmy Hoffa, he disappeared on July 30th, 1975, from the parking lot of the Marcus Red Fox restaurant in Bloomfield Hills, Michigan. It was believed he was headed to a meeting with Detroit mob boss Anthony Tony Jack Ciacalone and New Jersey Genovese captain and Teamster official Tony Tony Pro Provenzano. Well, in 2001, Buffalino crime family member and Teamster official Frank Sharon, an admitted mafia killer, he told me he shot Hoffa in a house in Detroit. I met him as part of his proposed biography, which became the book I Heard You Paint Houses. In 2004, we went to that house. We pulled up the tiles on the hardwood floor, and we actually found blood. The pattern fit Sharon's story precisely. The greatest amount of the possible evidence was in front of the foyer closet door, where Sharon says Hoffa hit his head on the floor. Seven drops went down the hallway to the kitchen, where Sharon says Hoffa's body was dragged out by two accomplices and was cremated. The FBI did find blood. They said one drop was inconclusive in terms of a DNA match. Another one was to an unknown male. There was no match to Hoffa which is why I am calling on the government to release all of the Hoffa FBI investigation files fully now. Let the Hoffa family and the American public know what's been secret for so long and that we have been denied knowing and retest the blood evidence we found using the latest DNA technology. Here is someone who knows the FBI very well from the other end of the spectrum, former Philadelphia mob boss, Ralph Natale. Ralph, thank you. Let's start with Atlantic City. You were unique because you were the linchpin between three families, New York, Philadelphia, you brought that up, and right. Chicago. What was that like? Eric, that's never been done in the history of the Cosa Nostra in this country. I can't speak about Italy, you know. When we, Angelo Bruno and I were talking about Atlantic City, he said DiCarlo and him had a conversation about this. And he got the information, Carlo got it from his sons. He had lawyers that were in Wall Street, this, that. They heard they were going to try to raise some big money so they could start the building and, and buying the properties. Up. And he then, Carlo, being the, 
he was a, a whiz. He called his Angelo Bruno up, said, meet me. And they went in the, uh, where they make the cannolis and you know, Ferraris. Ferraris down Little Italy. Meet me down there. I'm going to get some some cannolis and things. We'll sit down in the back over there. Nobody comes near us in the back, wherever to. I want to talk to you about something very important. Boom. He goes. He says, listen, my sons, he told him the story about Atlantic City. He said, I want, it belongs to your local, right? Yeah. Ralphie's still over there? Yes, yes he is. I got put in jail two or three days after they passed the referendum. But uh, that's another story. But uh, they knew what they were doing. Get rid of me, they got, yeah. Anyway, he said, uh, we need him because you told me, and he said it coldly to him, he said, he's killed men for you, hasn't he? Yes. And he'll do anything for you or your friends? Yes. Okay. Let's send him to see our friend in Chicago, Tony Arcado. He was the boss of what's called the outfit in Chicago, the mob right. in Chicago. You got it. Which was called, he was, his nickname was Joe Batters. He said, let's form a trio. Because once they hear these other people in our business, they hear about that Atlantic City, everybody's going to bite. I know there's going to be a war, and I know you're capable, you're men, but not capable to fight two or three families. You got me. I'm there. You... And let's talk to Joe Batters, Carmen, and say, listen, it'll be three of us. We'll cut the pie up three ways. And that's New York, Chicago, and Philadelphia. The running, strongest. Running Atlantic City. Running Atlantic City. Run the insurance thing. The insurance was the money. Oh, the money they made with the insurance. Everything above it. It's going to be in there. All the buying, where, the, where they got to buy the meat, the, the booze, the thing. We'll run it. And Ralphie, it's how he said it. Ralphie will run it. As long as you, I give you my heart, my life. Okay. That's how three families, first time, one man I was given the power to use any name at any time, one, two, and three, at any time. And they told it to me. Because when I went to Chicago, we said, I heard that they gave you the right to use it. You got mine, too. But I didn't see him in Chicago. I said Chicago. I saw him in Palm Springs. The unions you dealt with, you, you ran a union. Okay, that's... You knew Jimmy Hoffa. And the man who ran that union, international president, Eddie Hanley. Hanley Eddie, was in your house in Eddie Palm Hanley Springs. Eddie Hanley loved me. He loved me. And I loved him. What was the relationship between the unions and the mob? The Chicago ran the, that union. The Chicago ran the, uh, the Teamster unions. Chicago ran the international labor, labor unions. They did it all. And they did it. If you said no, you didn't see next week. That's how they did it. Joe Biden knew the old way. And that's all he did. And you met Jimmy Hoffa. Jimmy Hoffa and I became real friendly. Many times. 
a shame. What was he like? He was like him because he was a man. A man. Dan, Dan's a man. You could sense he's a man. He, would, he, when he said something to you, he never broke his word. Never. They broke him. They broke him. Fitzsimmons and the, and the federal government broke him. That's why. That's why he's dead today. That's why he tried to do something he shouldn't have done. Which was get the try to get the mob out of the Teamsters. Oh, I should have never done it. He should have done. Should let. He had millions of dollars stashed. He had a great family. His wife was a great woman, Josephine. He had everything to live for. You know why he did this? When I saw Jimmy Hoffa three or four months before he got killed, the FBI reported that I was talking with him at the rickshaw with John Greeley. John Greeley was the biggest teamster in the state of New Jersey. He was for uh, Jimmy. He wanted to get back in the union. He wanted to president. take the union by a claim. By a, an acclaim, and, and then once they went trying to run, everybody would stand up and said, that's it, we want Jimmy. Nobody can run. That's what we, he wanted to do. But he had to get each union to do it. He came, he called John Greeley, he said, tell that guy, he knew who he meant, me. I'd like to see him, get chance. I'm going to be at the rickshaw. Tell him to come. We'll have lunch, we'll have a few drinks, or whatever. I want to talk to him. Greeley called me up. As soon as he told me, that guy's in town, that, you know. I said, oh, that guy, he's going to ask me. To, oh. I said, okay, he wants to see you. I had to go see him because that's the kind of feeling we have for one another. We went there at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. I'll never forget. The bar just petered out because it's lunch that he went. And he was sitting there with John Greeley and him. As I walked in, I had two of my men in the lobby. You never know who knows he's going to meet somebody and something's going to happen. I had Mike Marone, who was feared, feared, and Ronnie Turchy, both dead. Mike died when he came home. I put him with me. He died on the operating table for his heart. He died. And Ronnie got killed. They killed him. Boom, boom, after that. And I walked, I said, okay. I walked, I said, I told them to sit on this couch out here, watch what's going on. Anything's funny, come and tell me. Okay. I went in, he spotted me, got up. Jimmy Hoffa. Yeah, got up, out of respect. And then, what you call, got up, John, John Greeley. Jimmy squeezed me so hard, he almost broke my ribs. Strong as a... As an ox. I said, okay. He said, I love you, Ralphie. I think about you. I thought about you every day in jail. And now these punks, they, they, they said there would be this. I was going to get uh, uh, this, that. They gave me nothing. But, but, but they, they put that guy, he didn't want to leave, Fred Fitzsimmons. I was hoping he would ask me to bang him out. To kill Fitzsimmons? Okay. But he didn't, because he was told by the people who ran, the Genovese's, everybody, Tony Pro, everybody, everybody told him. The guy over there, you you got to be told, he's going to do, 
Fitzsimmons won't want to play golf, do nothing, take his check and go. In other words, they told Jimmy Hoffa, don't run, forget it. That was the message. Yeah. Fitz, Fitzsimmons is our man. Right, that's Everything is set. The money right. is coming. Jimmy, Every, don't do this. Leave it alone. And did he listen? He didn't. He said, Ralphie, I'm going to tell you why I'm doing this. He don't drink. He don't gamble. He's not a womanizer, like most men are. I was one, you know, at that time. He said, the only thing I have in my life is the union. I said, I know that, Jimmy, but you're going to ask me. Let me ask you. I need help in Jersey. All the different teams. John goes, he told me how you helped him with a couple of things. Yes. He said, help me. I said, Jimmy, I belong to a certain man. He said, I knew you were going to say that. Well, I do. And until he says different, I can't help you. You mean Angelo Bruno? Angelo Bruno. Who was the boss of the Philadelphia crime family. He knew who was. And I said, but I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Later on today or tomorrow, I will sit down with him and ask, what am I going to do when you ask me? Can I say no or yes? What can I do? And I'll call you or send word through John Greeley. What's going to happen? He looked at me. I looked at him. He, he knew what to do. I knew what the answer would be. And he did too. But he wouldn't. I could have. I think I put it down. Maybe it wasn't in the. I could have smelled the dirt of the grave. When you see, when you go see if somebody is talking I looked at him. I knew he was a dead man. He was He was a dead man talking to me. I said, well, Jimmy, I love you. Tell your wife I was asking for it. I'll get word to you through John here. And I did. I went back down to see Ange. He said, let's go talk at the luncheonette. We went to the luncheonette on 10th Street there. The, uh, the, the brothers, I, I went to school with the younger brother. We sit down. He said, I know. You went to see Jimmy, right? You said, I sent word with Frankie. Tell him I went there. Yes. No. Stay away from him. In fact, he leaned even closer in my ear. He said, the guy up north is going to take care of that. That's already going to be taken care of. And that means Provenzano, Tony, the guy up north. You got him. Because that's New Jersey. And that's, northern New Jersey. There's, I always tell Dan, another story. There's the story. Tony Pro sent about Julio, whatever his friggin' name is, and the Andretti boys. Nobody else picked him up. Nobody killed him but them. And Julio pulled the pistol. You don't, you, your, your, your view is Frank Sherman did not kill him. Oh, if, Frank Sherman wouldn't be allowed in the building if I was sitting there and I didn't give him permission to come in. He, Frank Sherman made these stories up mm. because I, I pitted him. I saw him Maybe, I don't know, six months, mm -hmm. seven months before. Even I though we him. found the blood pattern in the house no, and you they, described they tested the house. It. it wasn't his and blood. They tested every. They tested him. They want to go look. Nobody killed Jimmy but them. Did 
Hoffa have to die? Yes, positively. Because you wanted positively. to run and, again. And as much as I love him, he had to go. He, you know why? He wasn't poor. If he was poor, broke, or didn't have money and needed this, then I'd say, well, I would, if it was me, I'd go take a shot too. He had millions of dollars stashed away. His family was okay. Everybody was happy. And you're going to go out and look for a, a, a problem? That's the whole thing. Eric, don't ever listen. Frank Sheeran was a, a drunk, a big drunk. And he called me. I went to see him, you know, in South Philly. When he called and said, boy, with so many guys and this and that, I went over to see him in a little social club in South Philly right off 10th and Tasker, Tuts. And I walked in, he had a cane. I said, what's that? He's drunk. I said, if you got to drink and you're going to get, you're going to collapse. I'm going to do this. I wanted to do it. I wanted your permission. I was the boss then. I said, listen, Frank, you always were a nice guy. You drink a little too much, but you were a nice guy. You never, never hurt anybody I know. In fact, Skinny liked you, Skinny Racer. But what are you doing? What are you talking about? Just that, shooting this guy, you killed this guy. Stop it. You know, and I know you're not a shooter. Stop it. I said, listen, I'm going to leave you. I told the boy, give me a check. Give me a boom, boom. I can boom the money. I'll see you later. You take care of yourself. How will you remember Jimmy Hoffa and what he meant to the labor movement oh. and to the working man? There is nobody better than him for any working man in life because he was a true guy. I look at you like I'm looking in your heart. He had a true soul. I have a soul. I do. They said, well, you're going to... The guy said, hey, but, but, nah, my soul's my soul. Don't belong to anybody else. Jimmy Hoffa, Jimmy Hoffa had his own soul, and he kept it. He made a mistake at the end of his life, and he got killed for it. That's his epitaph. A man's man, nobody likes Jimmy Hoffa, but he did the wrong thing at the end, and that's the only way I could put it. I think for him fondly, many times. And he shouldn't be remembered for what happened. You feel he should no. be remembered well, forget for... forget trying to find his body. Why don't they stop it? They're never going to find him. He's dead. He's in the teams to heaven. Whatever you want to call it, you know. But see, you know what was wrong? Only one thing wrong with Jimmy. He didn't have... What men like me had. You, you see, it's time, one, two, three. If I get to four, uh, let me avoid four. I'm going to go this way. I'll get to four someday on my terms. Remember, when you play cards, when you fight, you got to have it on your terms. Uh, tell me about boxing and the Clay Liston well, arrangement. Have you ever heard of uh, Blinky Palermo? No. You've never heard of Frank and Frankie Carbo? Oh, Frankie Carbo, yes. Well, who who do you think it was his partner for 20 years ran the fight game for the mob? Blinky Palermo, Frank okay. Blinky Palermo and Frankie Carbo. Okay. Sonny 
used to come to, he used to have an apartment in Philadelphia because Blinky used to make sure the train, everything was going right. And great, great guy. Sonny Liston, great guy. He could fight. Everybody likes it. Marmalade, of course. He's a great for his people. That's fine. He could fight 10 Ali's and beat them at once. That's who Sonny Liston was. He was a strong, he was invincible. And when he started, well, he used that stuff all his life. And it came down to where money, this, that. They told him, listen, this is what you got to do. They got this kid. We're going to take the his end. We're going to go eight to one. And we're going to, all of us are going to bet. When I say all of us, all the bosses, and you're the only guy that knows. If you said any difference, you won't get, you won't have time to tie your f***ing shoelaces when I get done with you. And we're going to give you a big score. I think it was 250, 300,000 cash. To him, that was, he had a little home, nice little home in, in Vegas. And that's where it's at. You got to go down. It was done. There was no talking after that. So it was fixed. That that's it was, how it was Of course it was. Every boss in the country made the most legitimate money ever. <laughs> the, the, the Remember I said it yes. in their life. Because that's legitimate. Batting. Yeah, batting. It's and, fine. You know, yeah. it's, that's, how, that's, that's how that went. It, and uh, Sonny, uh, uh, Muhammad Ali fought them all, beat them. In fact, you never heard of Frank Blink, uh, uh, Palermo. The last time that he saw what you call was that, that before the fight Frank Blinky Palermo me uh, when Muhammad Ali was at the Lang Casino we was mm -hmm. in the, he said tell Frank I want to meet him I want to see him I heard so much about him and this and that and we took he said come on Ralph you got to go with me he'll get, get a kid and I, that's where I met Muhammad Ali and the both of us and that's when I heard him tell Muhammad Ali had a nice way about him nice Handsome, strong, and actually, but couldn't, couldn't beat Sonny Liston. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. Anyway, he said, Hey, Frankie, let me tell me, tell me, tell me something good. They tell me you're a wise man. He looked at me and said, Yeah, I'm going to tell you how you never get beat. Why? Keep your hands up and your ass off the floor, and you'll never lose a fight. That's exactly what he said. And he looked at him, and he looked at him, and he said, You're right. Ralph Natale. Your book is Last on Standing, The Secret Life of Mob Boss Ralph Natale. You have told us a compelling, dramatic, fascinating tale of your life. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening today. Check out all the other Riddle podcasts. You can also follow me on Twitter and Facebook. And just Google my name. Put Frank Scherer next to it or Jimmy Hoffa and you can see the other articles we've written and you can keep up with my reporting on Fox News. I'm Eric Sean. Thanks again for Riddle, the podcast. This is Jimmy Fallon inviting you to join me for Fox Across America, where we'll discuss every single one of the Democrats' dumb ideas. Just kidding. It's only a three-hour show. Listen live at noon Eastern or get the podcast at foxacrossamerica.com.